0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast. I am here joined with Adam Bonilla from teamelitephysique.com. Hello. And my name is Ashley Kaltwasser, and we are thrilled to be your podcast host today.
1: That was a magnificent introduction, (laughs) Ashley.
0: Thanks. I haven't been practicing.
1: (laughs) So today's podcast is about... Bro science versus actual science, debunking some myths, and we're also live, so if any of you want to give us some of your questions about that, please keep them coming, uh, and we will address some of them on there. But before we go into this podcast, we do have to talk about USAs that happened this weekend. We also had Masters Nationals that happened last weekend.
0: Lots to get caught up on.
1: I've been all over... All over and this this weekend I get to relax a little bit. We do have the Tampa Pro going on this weekend. But nobody here is... just Jacqueline is oh, there. Jacqueline. Okay. Yeah, oh, Jacqueline. Doing, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's doing the she's doing the um the the masters and maybe maybe the open on um Saturday. The master's on Thursday, so we're peaking. So mm, yeah, okay. so it'll be it'll be fun.
0: Exciting times. So we're like Dude, right smack in shows. the middle of, of the competition season i'm getting the fomos really bad
1: yeah poor ashley really she, wants, she wants to compete again
0: i know every time i see a show i'm like dang it what if i was there
1: yeah what if but we're, we're gonna have we're gonna ha- we'll have some news for you soon guys we'll have some news for you soon so how soon i don't know yeah
0: we're not telling anybody
1: <laughs> it's under luck
0: yes super secret top secret stuff
1: it's yeah I have it I do know it I keep it in a file in a briefcase handcuffed to me 24 7 exactly <laughs> yep it's like the secret recipe at KFC you know exactly. that they have the secret recipe at KFC. like they carry it like that really yeah it's, it's pretty it gets <laughs> that's pretty awesome so I mean they do make good chicken I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie uh so this week, last weekend, we had, um, actually, we haven't, we had a pro at Universe, we had a pro at Masters, and then we had another pro at USA's this weekend. So, holy
0: schmoles. Holy
1: shmoleys. Hey, we're doing
0: pretty okay, huh?
1: Doing okay, yeah. And um, Miss Ashley helped with Asia's prep, who got her pro card. She was one off Miss USA, but she got her pro card Saturday.
0: Yep, she won her height class, height class H, which is really tall gosh we we're killing it with the tall girls lately huh that's we had we had three uh team elite physique athletes and the first call out for each class in the yeah. US days, which is pretty incredible
1: that's crazy why are we so good at
0: the tall girls
1: this time it was 50% <laughs> of the first call out it was yeah it's which at a national show is like impossible especially when we had like such a small we didn't have like a big crew there that was crazy yeah, yeah no that was yeah that was a, that's crazy i don't know if i've ever had three people in a first call out at a national show Mm -hmm. ever yeah i don't i think that's a first for me which is pretty cool it's always nice i've I've had two for sure but i don't think i've had three so that's pretty cool Cool. good job coach ashley
0: good job coach adam i mean
1: that was great yeah she was so close to that to that uh, overall title but congrats to the new overall miss usa so um yeah so we have a new pro and we'll probably be seeing her pretty soon too she's uh, she's excited and she wants to be an active pro just like you
0: don't they all? You know, don't they all? That's that is true. That is <laughs> true. We got to see I'm <laughs> kidding. How, We'll have to I'm see kidding. how it
1: pans out. But it's a joke, guys. She wants. It's she d- she does want to be be active. So we'll see. I think she's got a good potential. Good good future. So anyway, that being said, today's podcast we talked about bro science versus actual science. Okay, so this is going to be a good one because we talk about there's there is some times where the bros are right. Yep. You know, and and it's funny is sometimes science will catch up. And they'll do like the testing of what the bros already figured out like 10 years earlier. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the science debunks what the bros think is right. Yeah. And sometimes they're right, but it's not right for the right reasons that they think they're right. Yeah, totally. pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes too, there is like this little gap of knowledge where like we've discussed before, like they don't test it on athletes like us, right? They'll test it on like college students and, and do all these studies. But let's be honest, they're not... Like us, yeah. like this is, we're doing something unique and it's, it's hard to capture a study that would, you know, host athletes that are doing this particular, you know, diet and training and, and all that stuff. So that, you know, I think there is sometimes that little gray area. It's like, well, you know, the the study says this, but we've tried this before and this works. So, you know, I think there is some, some occasions where it does makes sense and does work for competitive athletes that are in physique sports but not necessarily for college students where you don't know if they're actually cheating on their diet or not because uh, sometimes we can't even get athletes to, to <laughs> yeah. stick with their diet and they're come they're training for a show let alone college students you tell them to eat a certain thing I don't know if I trust it so you that know it's true right yeah it's like you can't is, and they're getting paid it for it too but it's like listen it's it, adherence you know, to the diet adherence yeah. like but I guess with what isn't like controlled studies more of a like they're paying attention to everything and they watch and monitor 24 i mean or?
1: they're they're thought to be more accurate and foods like generally laid out for them and this is what they get to eat given type of oh, thing in a okay. lot of studies so yeah I mean but you are right I mean the snack is still a snack, and they're not like unlocked. They're not in jail. Yeah, no know? one's
0: like they <laughs> for, don't got a camera on them twenty four seven. Yeah, you know? so that is true. Like you think they're not gonna go out on the weekend because they got they're a part of the study. Come on. Yeah, you know, Come and on. you gotta
1: do you you do have to think some of them are getting paid for it. So it's like for them, it's just like a side gig, getting some yeah. extra coins. So they're kind well, of like, adhering to it, and you know, I guess you could know. probably think about that too. You know, I don't know how that would. You know, I don't know, I've never been part of it in terms of being a, con- a a person in it how seriously take it mm-hmm. but you're probably right.
0: <laughs> so, I've got a question before we really get into it. it. Does your shirt have anything to do with our topic today? No. Non toxic.
1: <laughs> I'm just a non toxic kind of guy. It's kind of if you know, you know, scenario. <laughs> well, I actually don't know, so okay. <laughs> well, I guess I won't. Know. Probably gets a not until after much. the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you after. It's great. Okay, <sighs> but I am. I'm non toxic, Ashley. Well, that's good so, to know. Very. I'm non toxic, really to uh, literally and and uh, and figuratively.
0: Well, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so <laughs> funny.
1: So um, anyway, with the bro science versus actual science. What's our first one you have here?
0: So, you know, I've got a nice little list of things that I hear, things that I actually still see, and some things that, you know, there might be a half-truth to, and some things that actually have no, um, no, I guess, proven study, but we know as, from being in, in the industry we are, that, hey, it actually kind of does work, you know? Um, so the first thing that I have to mention, because I actually still I still hear this, it's crazy, um that um competitors will purposely switch to fish uh, <laughs> close to a show because apparently they were told it thins your skin yeah like what
1: yeah, As no. to get to give them uh the people who don't know how many fishes have you eaten in your life?
0: Zero. I think I tried like a half of a fish stick once in grade school, and this is where it probably all stems from. I tried <laughs> half a fish stick and I started gagging and like I threw up in the cafeteria, really, because it was so gross. And then, and then like on fish stick day, like I couldn't even be in the cafeteria because the fish smell was so bad, and I would just <laughs> gag and I wouldn't even eat my food. And then, and then like. So uh, yeah,
1: she's she's no fish. No, she is, no
0: seafood either. No, no
1: seafood. Yeah, no seafood no, for seafood, Ashley no to the to the extreme. We were in Japan and the sushi was so good. And I almost felt like bad for her to not eat a piece of Japanese sushi because it's like you know it's Japan. You got to You got to do it. And then we went in there and she couldn't even like sit in there. The smell was so bad.
0: Yeah, I mean it was definitely more fishier than other.
1: Yeah, that place was pretty fishy, really. And
0: and let me just make this clear. I've definitely gave it a go, you know, later in life. Because I realized, you know, things that you found to be gross as a child, your taste buds evolve. And, you know, throughout the years, I definitely gave it a go a few times. Like, well, you know, maybe... Maybe if I cook it this way, or try. It. Nope. Even like I'd go out to eat with people, or at a sushi restaurant, and they'd be like, "No, just try it. It just Tastes just like chicken." And I'd be, and I'd put my tongue on it, and I'd be like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're lying. Mm-mm. Nope.
1: no. So, uh, no seafood. That's like Nothing. me. That's like me with alcohol. I have like people always trying to get me to drink different drinks. Like, oh, you just haven't tried the right one. This and that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I can taste it, and, and all of them, I don't, I don't like. I know for me, it's. It's weird. It's almost like my man cards pulled. I just don't like the taste of it. Yeah, and I don't. I don't like the calories where it started, but then I don't like the taste of it too. And so yeah. people are like, "Oh, you just try this. Just try this. You just try it in the room. I'm like, "No, dude. It's you could clearly taste that it. it's in, in anything, no matter how you mask it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just really just don't like the taste of alcohol. So that's funny. So I, I could see where you're coming from if it's like that with you. Yeah. So okay. So the fish one. Um, this is a funny one because you. Okay, so first off, this is one where the bodybuilders are wrong, but they're right, right? And it's and I'll explain the, the why half th- truth or whatever. Yeah, I'll explain why they're right, and it's funny. Um, so a lot of this comes from. Do you have Do you have um, This would be a good example. Do you have milk on there? Like, don't can't drink milk as one of them, or no,
0: no. But we can add it on there. Yeah, let's
1: add it on there. Okay, so let's go. Let's take it way back, like way back to like Arnold's days, right? Um, and bodybuilding way back then. So one of the other ones is you can't have dairy on a on a prep diet. So so the so you have to ask, okay, why and where, right? I'm always that uh, that guy, that why and where guy. Um, I think I think that that's the important thing is you guys got to ask why. You can't just take like blanket statements and not you know always just trust the process. So. I will. I don't mind, you know, answering the questions when I get the questions, as long as it doesn't become like a professor-student relationship. I'm like, this isn't a course. I'm still the coach or the athlete, right? But I will. So I'll go over minor explanations until it gets too crazy, where they're like, "What's the reason for this?" "What's the for this? like this is not a course. This is coach-athlete. Athlete coach says do, athlete does." <laughs> type of scenario. you know? But the uh, on here, I'll do take the questions. But when you go into um, the milk thing, it's like, okay, so why is there no milk on a diet? Well, back in like you know Arnold's days, they would say. To grow, and even actually, you can watch uh, Pumping Iron movie. If you guys have never watched Pumping Iron, you should watch it. It's awesome because Arnold's like in his prime, and it's just he's just a funny guy. He's really he's like an old school troll too. Like he's such a troll back then. It's so great. He's like trolling Lou for He's like they already told they already told me I won <laughs> like the day before the Olympia. He's just so funny. Like he's such a good, awesome dude back then. But um, anyway, so back then, it, even in the video, they're like, "How did you? Uh, how do you get so big?" And he's like, "Well, drink milk, right? I drink milk." He's like, "Why do you think babies go from this big to this big in like a year? <laughs> Right. He's like I drink milk. Right. So I don't know if he was trolling or that's actually bodybuilding community. But in the bodybuilding world back then, they took they drank milk as like a weight gainer. Right. Um, because milk was super dense in calories and they knew that, you know, there was no studies or anything like that done. But they knew, OK, drinking milk um, helps get you bigger because the calories were there because they didn't have skim milk. So they had just whole milk back then. So they drank whole milk and they um, would use those extra calories. It was almost like a weight gainer. It had protein in it. Remember, they didn't have pure whey protein back then either. So they had to eat all their food through, you know, liquid or or foods like milk or, or foods, whole proteins. So they said, okay, gaining weight, you drink milk. And then when you're leaning out for a show, you don't drink milk anymore. That was like part of a prep, right? But then somehow that carried on for like 60 more years and people are still like, you can't drink milk anymore for prep even though they make non-fat milk now. They make skim milk. So actually you could still have milk on your diet all the way through. So then that went from being milk to being full dairy. Oh, you can't have dairy on your diet either. But we'd have Greek yogurt on our diet all the way till like the last week before the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I don't cut dairy till like Monday or Tuesday before the show on people's peak week diets. And and we just do that just in case And you know, maybe you're not digesting it well, maybe you're just have a very slight intolerance to dairy and so we cut that just as a just-in-case. We do a lot of things that probably don't need to do, but it's just like as a just-in-case the last week before the show. Okay, so that's that's where the, the dairy one came from. So can you have milk on a diet for prep? Yes, absolutely. Am I super cautious at the end, and do I cut it? Yes. Okay, so how does the fish one fall into play on that? It's a similar scenario. What happens is people are doing – chicken on their diet. They're doing chicken the whole time through and they're doing, you know, different types of chickens and they're doing all these different meats, red meats that have more fats in it, whatnot. And then they want to get to that last bit of body fat. They want to get to that last little bit. So what do they do is they go to, they say, okay, start doing tilapia now because that thins your skin. So it's not that it thins your skin. It's that you reduce your fat content from your protein sources. And when you have less fat consumption, you have less calories and that Caused you to lose more body fat which gives the appearance that your skin is thinner But really your skin is just closer to the muscle because there's less fat and there's less fat because you had less calories Because you had less calories because you have less fats in your proteins. It's very simple So that's where that all came through and then the other thing that it came through with was was like your waistline so fish has no correlation with the thickness of your skin It's just how much leaner you're getting because you basically eliminated your fats at a certain point entirely and fats have um, nine calories per gram. So it's the highest, it's the most calorie dense macronutrient there is versus a protein that has only four calories per gram. So if you went from, let's say you're a bodybuilder, you went from like six ounces of red meat to six ounces of of fish, you basically knocked off probably like 12 grams of fat or like, you know, nine to 12 grams of fat, like a a decently lean meat. That's a lot of calories. That's, you know, they're talking close to a hundred calories there in that scenario off of every meal for, you know, let's say four of your meals per day. So that's a That's 400 calorie reduction that's where the body that's where your skin got thinner Mm -hmm. and you can look at this from areas which are um, Areas that have high Fish eating content, right? We just talked about Japan right if if in Japan they have you know Korea they there to eat a lot of fish they have really great skin honestly probably the best skin on the planet is in korea in japan right like the girls are really this beautiful complexions and and thick skin and it seems supple like yeah, supple. So, yeah it seems like yeah it seems like like uh asian people as a culture just tend to age slower than like yeah. everyone right like so jealous <laughs> so as if you look at people who ha- like if it was you know japan and all they eat is fish or mostly eat fish and back in the day they really ate a lot of fish um how come their skin isn't just falling off of them now? Right. Because <laughs> they, if or they're see through or, yeah, why yeah. <laughs> like, can't you see their bones through their skin? Cause their skin should be <laughs> as thin as possible since they've been on a fish diet or how come pescatarians don't have like the thinnest skin. Right. So it's uh, you know, that just debunks that whole thing. I mean, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You know, Totally.
0: So. so like an easy fix would be like, if you really, really wanted to go low fat and like, you still want to eat chicken, just let me eat that tablespoon of peanut butter or something. Like, there's, yeah. there's ways around it. Like, it doesn't have to be. So do you think then even the leanest of lean chicken or there is a way to cook chicken to get to the same amount of leanness as the let's say tilapia or the lean mm-hmm.
1: fish. You can get the 99% ground turkey mm-hmm. and you get the 99% ground um, chicken they have too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the chicken has one ounce of fat or one gram of fat per ounce, mm-hmm. even a chicken breast for the most part. So you're going to get, let's say four ounces of the chicken breast. You're going to get four ounces. You're going to get four grams of fat versus like a tilapia or a 99% ground um, turkey. You're going to get like one and a half grams of fat. So you do, there is an exchange there too for that. It's not a huge one. It's, you know, two and a half grams, three grams of fat, but that's 27 calories times four mils, five mils. That's, you know, it's 125 calories or so. So just 100.
0: eliminate that tablespoon of peanut butter.
1: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, there's other people who do, so like Kimber, for example, she does lean ground turkey, like a hundred percent, like 99% lean ground turkey. And then she just saves her fat. So that way she can have a tablespoon of peanut butter. Cause like to her, she's like, I'd rather have 99% ground lean ground turkey and then have a tablespoon of nut butter versus just eating chicken and have that, like you can't even taste the fat in there, which is another argument for people who maybe you struggle with your diet. Maybe you switch to the low fat and then have the fats um, in another way. So it's it's more satiating for you and easier for you to stay on your diet. So there's that too, which is actually a nice little hack there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So the next one we'll move on to. And oh my gosh, I still cannot believe this still happens. And we talk about this so much. So I feel like a broken record. <laughs> The idea that you need to intentionally bulk in the oh, yeah. off season. And in fact, I, I ran across a girl just recently too. Um, and she told me like that her coach intentionally wanted her to put on twenty five pounds in the off season. And keep in mind she she's a small girl. We're talking probably like four ten. Like
1: Wow, really? And
0: she's she was telling me, she's <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I actually really don't even I feel like I'm forcing myself, and I really don't feel comfortable being this this fluffy, but my coach says I need to, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. It still happens. I cannot believe it still happens. It's crazy because it's like setting yourself up for disaster when you go to prep. You're not going to be as good as you would have been, but that's insane, especially if the – it's like – It'd still be bad if, like, an athlete enjoyed eating that much and didn't mind it looking like that. But she specifically mentioned, like, I don't even like eating that much, but I have to. It's yeah. like, whoa, that's that blows my mind. And I can understand, like, I've done this before too, mm-hmm. but we're talking like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, I just can't believe that even still now with all the information out there, this still happens and people still believe it. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: I think going into, going into like the actual science of it, cause again, bro science versus actual science. One of the things that you need to look at is we got to, so as a bodybuilder, bikini competitor, whatever you are, we have to not look at the scale and get excited. That's, that's the thing because we get excited in both directions. We get excited when we lose, we get excited when we gain. And I remember being a young bodybuilder when I was bulking, you know, I was like, tw- you know, 20 years ago at this point, but when I was bulking, I was like, yeah, trying to gain one and a half pounds like every week. And it was ridiculous, you know, but I was like, yeah, I'm up to 200 pounds. And you're like, you look like soft, you know, it's like 200 pounds and you put on 20 pounds of fat to get there. And you're like all proud that you hit the 200 pounds. Yeah. I remember like when, when I was like 195, like I just wanted to rush it that week and just put on like five pounds that week. Like I was like, do whatever I got to do to just be 200 pounds tomorrow morning, you know, like a raw 200 pounds weight before I drink any water type of thing. And it was like, it's just so dumb because you get excited with it and and it's, we're guilty of it on both sides of of going down and going up. We're, but we're, we're guilty on both sides of it. And really it's the measurements and the net weight from show to show what makes a difference. And so we have to look at your net weight, not your off season weight as a, as a marker for success. And so as soon as you change your kind of your your concept of what the successful off-season is, and it's from your stage to stage weight, then you're going to be a lot more, um, a lot less, I guess a lot less inclined to chase the numbers in the off-season. And what I mean by that is, okay, I'm going to use, a, we'll use a bikini competitor, for example. Let, okay, so you're, let's say you're 125 pounds on stage and you nailed your stage conditioning. You don't need to get any leaner. And you just need to get back to that stage condition the next time, which which is, there's quite a few. You know, it might take you a few times to nail your stage conditioning. But for example, like Ashley, she's nailed her stage conditioning You know, 20 times probably. So um, we know where the marker is for that much muscle for her to have. So what we're not concerned with is Ashley going up to 140 in the off season and like, hey, let's get you up to 140. Let's get you up to 150. What we're worried about is, okay, next time you're on stage in that shape, maybe you can weigh 126 and a half that'd be cool you know you'd be up a pound and a half of muscle that's a lot of muscle for someone with your your petite structure so we're not concerned with the off season just gaining 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 we're concerned with stage to stage weight concerned with net weight hitting the same conditioning did we make improvements did we gain a pound of muscle that's the important thing so if it only takes and I'll give you two examples if you gain Pure lean mass with like, I mean, you're always going to gain a little body fat from the show. There's just no way kind of around that, to be honest. So let's say she goes to 130, right, in the off season. And I'm going to use really low numbers because Ashley, that is a pretty typical thing for Ashley. Ashley stays pretty lean because she competes so much. And she just likes staying lean and aerodynamic.
0: Efficient. Yes so yes, exactly. <laughs> light on my feet Light. lighting so, when I walk
1: yes Ashley is a Lamborghini of people There's yeah a- there we aerodynamics go. <laughs> yes. air just flows around yeah, it yeah I'm a bus so a bus. <laughs> <laughs> zero wind resistance <laughs> I'm like I'm not slow I'm just not as wind resistant Ashley. that's not fair when we race I'm not engineered the same <laughs> I say that when it when it's when I'm weak I'm saying man weights are heavy today something gravitational must be happening <laughs> oh my God. Like it's not me. It must be something lunar or something oh, totally. going on. Exactly. <laughs> your
0: um your stars are not properly aligned. Yeah,
1: like something something <laughs> weird going on with the planets right now. So, <laughs> so um, oh, I forgot what we we're talking. Oh, net. Wait. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a look. All right. So let's say you gained twenty pounds in the off season, and then you gained with that twenty pounds. We're taking females into account. Males, you probably you know be you know add numbers to this. But let's say you gained 20 pounds, you did a real bulk and in in bikini, 20 pound bulk is quite a bit for an an average 120 pounder. If you're, if you're 5'10", you're on stage 140 ish, you know, maybe that would be like 30 pounds to you or 28 pounds to you, something like that. So, so she gains 20 pounds and out of those 20 pounds, let's say, let's say five of those are muscle, right? Okay, cool. So she gained five pounds of muscle and 15 pounds of fat. Well, now she needs to lose 15 pounds of fat to get there again. Okay, so she needs to diet harder than if she were to try to lose only 5 pounds of fat. I think everyone can be in agreement that it's you're going to have to diet harder to lose 15 pounds of fat than you will to lose 5 pounds of fat. Everyone can agree on that. So, okay, so when you're dieting harder, you're going to lose more lean mass. The longer you diet, the more lean mass you're going to lose, all right? So at the end of losing those 15 pounds of fat, she nets 3 pounds of muscle, okay? So she lost 2 pounds of lean mass. She nets three pounds of muscle out of her five that she gained, right? So from stage to stage, she gained three pounds of lean mass. That'd be a, a very successful off season, right? We'd be super stoked with that now. And the other side of it Ashley gained, she gained, ten, let's say 10 pounds or eight pounds, something more realistic, right? She gained 10 pounds, but she only gained, let's say four pounds or three and a half pounds of lean mass out of those 10. Well, now she still needs to lose six pounds, six and a half, right? Well, at the end of her losing those six and a half pounds, she lost half a pound of lean mass and nets only three pounds of lean mass. You netted the same amount of lean mass in both scenarios. Did you maximize how much muscle you could gain in the off season by bulking? Yes, I don't think anyone's going to deny that either, because you had ample calorie supply the entire time versus staying lean while doing it. You had ample calorie supply most of the time, right? So you're going to get some most of the gains, but not all of the gains in that scenario. So yes. In a bulking scenario, you're going to maximize every single opportunity you have to gain as much lean mass, but you're also going to lose more muscle because you're dieting harder for a longer period of time. So it's, it's not, there's no, there's no, you know, uh, juice without a squeeze, right? So your, your your lean mass that you gained is always going to suffer for how long you're dieting, right? So it's always, you got to find that proper exchange, right? How long do I want to diet? How long do I want to suffer? do I need to diet harder now? Do I, am I not even want to do this for long periods of time? My, my, a conclusion, obviously my conclusion of this scenario is, um, is leaning towards more towards staying leaner on the show and, and kind of loosened up a tiny bit where, you know, getting, being realistic at the same time. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Um, there's guys that are a little bit more hardcore than me, but I'm, I'm probably known for keeping everyone lean in the offseason. It's funny. Cause I went, I went to, uh, a dinner after USA's and I was with my buddy and, and he was like all of we had like five of our athletes there and everyone was like eating lean at sushi And he's like man, he's like it's he's like you you got these girls like trade Like do we we stay lean in the offseason you know They're they're still enjoying themselves. They're eating calories. They're eating stuff outside They're having like like one big role and the rest is like sashimi type rolls and stuff But they're not going crazy because like we have they have goals, you know, they we have good example you lead by example with Ashley And, um, and it's like, you know, they stay, stay lean and they're, they're worried about the net lean gains, not just blowing up after a show and eating like crazy. They might have one piece of pizza, not a whole pizza, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, so that's my, my conclusion on that has been, you know, in the net, I can keep girls longer. I can keep girls way longer if they stay lean competing. Yeah, Girls who bulk and cut and bulk and cut. Those are the ones you see. Oh my gosh, those girls drive me crazy too. Like those are the ones that. And it's not that
0: stressful, man.
1: It's not that they drive me crazy while they're doing it. You know, everyone needs to kind of find their own way to find to find their way, you right, know? Right. And that's fine. I'm totally understanding of that. If you're one of those girls who put on 30 pounds, like it happens. The ones that drive me crazy are the ones that are like competing ruined my relationship with food and competing did this. And I'm like, no, you had a bad relationship with food before you started competing. And that's probably why you started competing because you are already super hyper focused on your body, which we all are. I am. I'm not going to, I'm not above that. I, I whatever whatever type of morphia you want to call it. <laughs> I've had that since I was a kid. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, though. You know, I, I, I can embrace it. Um, you know, I think that people want to label anything these days as something that's not the norm and everyone wants to put you in the bucket of, mm-hmm. of anything that goes outside of the bucket of just sitting there like a slob being bad, you know? And that's, that's, that's the problem is that everything is like bucketed now. Anything that's excellent is bucketed. You're extreme. You work too much. You're lean. Oh, you need to eat a hamburger. You're di- you're dieting too hard. Oh, you're you're lean. You're watching what you eat. Oh, well, you're you have anorexia. or You have body dysmorphia. Oh, you got muscles and you like working out. You don't think you're big. Oh, you got a problem. Like everyone's like, no, I'm just not normal and that's okay. Yeah. You came up with those terms to make me feel bad about myself for striving for excellence, right? Yeah. So, the the thing that I hate. Um, yeah, is the, the but the girls who like had a problem and they they gained 30 pounds like right after a show and they're like competing did this to me and I'm like no you would have gone that route anytime you dieted whether it was competing or not. Yeah. There's no reason that you should have been gaining 50 pounds and they're like embrace it embrace this and like this and they're like Yeah, they try pounds, to
0: sugarcoat it. I see that online too. It's
1: so annoying. I'm like don't It's
0: like th- balance. This is balance. Yeah. It's not. Balance. Yeah, don't, well,
1: uh, don't tell me you're happier being 50 pounds overweight than you were when you were shredded yeah maybe you're maybe with your food consumption because you're just eating For whatever five you want minutes yeah per, when the <laughs> but food? don't tell me it's better to have rolls than abs i, I will disagree on that because i've had abs i don't have rolls now and i would rather have abs than i have like being like average fit right now because i would say i'm average fit i have a i have a slight bit of abs with the right lighting and a squinted eye <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how that's I like to keep. it. a
0: spray tan. Oh,
1: a spray tan I got better than a squinted eye of abs. You okay. could open both eyes okay, in the spray. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit of expel and a spray tan. I got can, I right. <laughs> A right. A diet week. That's when it comes to like the Arnold and the Olympia week. I'm like, all right, I'll diet for like this week. <laughs> like be, Every year I'm like, I'm going to diet for like four months, go hard and like do it. And then I'm like, nah, a couple of weeks. I'm not going to take my shirt off. What do I care? You
0: yeah. <laughs> diet for your, your cheeks or something. What's, Cheek diet.
1: What's really funny is every like Olympia or even like, I didn't have it this year at USA, but like every Olympia, the like the Olympia men's physique guys, I'm friends with a lot of them. And they're always like, hey, we're all going to go to the pool. And then and I'm like, 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 you just did the Olympia, dude. I don't want to go to the pool with you. Like, I, I never feel out of shape, but I'm really going to feel out of shape at that pool party. <laughs> like, sure, guys, you, you in the top 20, let's just go there. Oh, my. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, anyway, um, any more to add on to that, Ashley?
0: No, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible person representative to say this i guess because i do realize i stay leaner than most in the off season and i'm not even saying you have to stay as lean as me in the off season guess what guys i'm in the off season right now did you know could you tell but you couldn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i'm not i'm what i'm trying to say is you don't have to do it it to to this level like i realize my goals are a little different than most maybe just because the frequency of which i compete Um, so I, and and like Adam said, I prefer to be leaner. I really do. And I'm not a big eater. I'm not a big eater and I, I don't, I'm not really missing out. It's actually, it's been kind of. I've been yeah. going below the calories that were
1: given to me. We just went over her check-in right now, and it was <laughs> 2,100 calories in her meal plan. She's like, I just messed up a couple of days. I think I ate, like, 1,600, like, three days last week. Yeah, I it's, all
0: in. it's, you know, <laughs> the, I don't have the biggest appetite, and yeah. I realize that. So, you know, um, we you don't have to do it exactly like me, but, you know, just try to keep it in check, and if, even if that means just sending check-ins to your coach or even for yourself if you don't have one right now, like, hold yourself accountable And it's going to be tough to sometimes do that. You know, every Monday, take your pictures, weight measurements. Because I feel like if you don't hold yourself accountable and track it, it might happen before your eyes. And then when you do check in, you'll be like, whoa, I didn't realize I put on that much weight. I didn't realize, you know. Which I think is is hard. When you're in the winter, it's even more um, difficult to understand how much weight you're gaining because you're wearing bigger clothes and you don't want to get in a bikini. So you might not even be aware of how much you're gaining um, but I think it's important to just keep things in check
1: yeah it's, it's funny that you say that because um I've had friends and I've had a lot of when I was doing more in-person training I had a lot of people would start training because they saw their pictures and didn't realize it
0: yeah it's like a wake-up call
1: yeah this one this one guy he told me the story he was at a he was at uh, a, a pool a beach vacation with his family and then there was a picture of him and with his kids, he's like, he was going through the pictures. These were like, you know, I was, I've been training since, you know, people would print out their pictures with like disposable cameras and stuff, <laughs> which is, which is pretty funny. Um, and he, he brought him in and he was like, yeah, he's like, this picture is the one that got me here because I saw this guy with my kids. And I was like, who's this guy with my kids? You know, like, I didn't even know it was me. And then I was like, I showed it to my wife and I was like, who, who's this? Who is this? Like. Cause and he was, she was like, honey, that's, that's you. Like, that's, that's you. And then he was, he was so shocked that he looked like that. And I was like joking with him. I was like, like at our work, I was like, like, come on, man, got to push hard. You know, that camera adds 40 pounds. <laughs> like, joke, joke. I always mess with him. But, um, it was kind of, it's kind of crazy. Cause I can't imagine, you know, I've never, I never really fluctuated that much. So I can't imagine being in that scenario, but I mean, it does sneak up on you, you know, that quickly if you don't do those things. So me personally, I keep a scale in my bathroom. I check it, like, you know, I probably once a week, make sure it doesn't get too crazy or anything like that. Um, You know, I, I stay within, like, a 10-pound marker. I'm always – I'm actually – right now I'm 184. And I, I competed about 172 was when I was competing. So, you know, I'm, like, 12 pounds above if I really wanted to go for it, you know, being being very lean. And I think that that's very realistic to, to keep in the off-season. I still have a meal once a week. I just watch what I eat. It's nothing crazy. not doing any crazy cardio or anything like that. So I feel like it's – I feel like there's a good balance point for everyone. I'm not genetically – at a place where I would say I'm gifted at all, I, I definitely store body fat pretty easily. So I think if I could do that, and I'm not doing that much cardio, I'm just watching my diet, I'm still having something here and there. I don't. I feel like most people can do it. I think it's just a post-show month or two where people lose it, you know, and they're just like, they just need to eat everything, oh, you know? Yeah. calorie
0: so, sponge at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I'm not going through those fluctuations either because of the rapid weight gains and stuff that you have. Mm-hmm. So Totally. So what's our next one we got on the agenda? And keep those questions coming in, guys, keep on the coming. lives. Yes, we had a yes. couple of them. Um, Go for it, Ashley. What are we up to?
0: Okay. So um, during peak week, as a bikini athlete, I still see some girls doing like cutting sodium, sodium bloating, um, depletions, even cutting water like at the beginning of the week and stuff. It uh, It blows my mind a little bit. I mean, maybe there's specific scenarios where you might want to manipulate some of that. But if you're cutting out water a week into your show, I'm like... Oh. That's crazy. I I don't cut my water at all. (laughs) I don't, except for on show day, obviously, I'm not going to drink a gallon of water before going on stage. Otherwise, I'll look like I'm pregnant with water. Yeah, I mean, that would be silly. Mm -hmm. We want to keep the waistline very small, and that's how I do it. But there are some maybe scenarios where you would cut a little bit, but I just find that some of these peak weeks are very extreme, and the way they they play around with sodium, and I don't cut sodium either, by the way, but I see girls playing with sodium too, like take it away. and put a whole bunch in and then take it away and then cut the water at this point and then super like you know it's kind of like a hit or miss uh strategy and and maybe it worked for them once and then they try to do it again and I just feel like it's um especially with bikini and let me just emphasize I'm referring to bikini only it shouldn't have to get to that point you're not you should just kind of roll into the show looking fresh and re- rested and not have to do all these crazy peak week things, and, and you know what I mean. Maybe maybe some carb carb loading, a little bit of touch of carbs, and it, it doesn't have to be this crazy, like strategy. You know, I still see it happening. So I don't know if you wanna yeah touch on that a bit. <laughs> so
1: a couple things with the so I guess we, there's a. There's a a few things in there so first one we can go into is the depletion the depletion workout i think that's a good one to go into first oh I, yeah because i was
0: that i meant more like water but depleting water but oh, we okay. could talk about workouts if you oh, want okay we'll go in the water first okay okay first. <laughs> yeah sorry that wasn't clear but yeah i meant like <laughs> depleting sodium uh, okay. adding it doing that playing yeah, around with manipulation it the sodium yeah. manipulation
1: yeah the um so the the water one is a common one that you see in bikini um, too, which is still kind of surprises me because bikini girls don't have that much muscle. So you don't have that much room to to cut water. So um, let's go into like the typical bikini water cutting protocol. What I find common is being that people start off at a gallon and a half on Monday, and then they cut it in half and they go to point, they go to the point, I guess it would be 0.75 or something. I don't do this. So I'm running off the top of my head without the numbers. Then they go to half of that on Tuesday Then they go to half of that on Wednesday and then half of that on Thursday and then half of that on Friday, which is like it's getting pretty minimal at this point. It goes half, 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 half all the way down. So it's like I mean, it's it's pretty low. You know, I've seen some of these girls and I'm like, they're like, yeah, I'm just so thirsty. And I'm like, why? And then they look like more sucked down, too. So let's go like what's the what are the the cause and effect benefits of it? Right. So. Yeah, you're cutting your water, and will you get a little bit tighter when you cut all the water out of your out of your um, like you're fully dehydrated? You might get a little tighter. You will, but there's an expense for it. There's remember, like I said, there's never a juice without a squeeze, right? So what's the, What's the squeeze? Ashley likes that. <laughs> you like that? So <laughs> so what's the squeeze, right? So the effort part of it, what are you losing from it? So um, you got to understand that. Like people are like, oh, you're made of. There's this funny. This guy in my hockey team. Uh, a long time ago, and it was like the, one of the funniest comments because he's such a smart ass. The coach is like, we got to show them what we're made of. And he goes, 70% water. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. It always stuck with me, right? What he, you know, he's, I don't know the actual percentages, but he's right, right? So you are a lot of water. You're made of a lot of water, especially, especially muscle cells, right? So when you cut water and it's the thing, people think that you can cut water from like just under the skin in between the skin and the muscle. It'll even be marketed that way as, like, when you look at, like, diuretics. Um, you look at, you know, the over-the-counter diuretics, like the, you know, I am not want to give any names that are that are doing this because I don't know anybody on top of my head. But, for example, like, one of the most popular ones is Expel. I don't know if they've ever advertised like this or not, so it's not pertaining to them. But you'll see some advertisements, marketing things like that, where they'll, like, show, like, the skin, and then they'll show this, like, river of water, mm-hmm. and then they'll show the muscle, and then they'll show the the next example would be the skin and no water and just the muscle, like, like that's happening. <laughs> like, like, it's, I don't know if they still do that. Or you
0: can they, pick and choose where you want to lose the water from. Yeah,
1: let's just get rid of the river of water. That's a, so, I got a river underneath this. I wonder skin. if there's like <laughs> bacteria, just like fishing and like catch. What did you catch? <laughs> I caught an amino acid today. That guy was this big. Oh my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> taking pictures and like the whole whole little thing going on over there. So but, <laughs> you like you like that. <laughs> what if when you cut water they're like oh there's a drought going on <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start to housing prices drop anyway so <laughs> so with the um with with that so whenever you lose water you're going to lose it from everywhere you can't pick and choose where the water comes from okay so you have um so you have, you have you have fluid inside the muscle cells you have water inside the muscle cells you have and you have fluid in between the muscle cells okay so interstitial fluids intercellular fluids right so because you're cutting water, you can't just lose the water in between muscle cells. I wish there was a way to do that. If there was a way to do that, I would say absolutely go after it, try to find a way to get, do that. But there is not a way to do that. The, the water is going to stay, if you're gonna cut, let's say 50% of the water out of your body, you're gonna lose that, that number in proportion out of the muscle cell and the fluid in between the cells. So you're, yes, you can get a little bit tighter by losing that, but you're gonna it comes at a very big expense. Now, you will see bodybuilders do it at the highest level. Now, you gotta understand, they have, you know, some of these guys. You look at like a guy like Big Ram, he's got like 270 pounds on stage or whatever he is. If he loses, you know, some fullness on stage, no big deal. The guy's got, uh, you know, he's got a brick house full of muscle, right? You, you lose a couple bricks off that guy, who cares, right? It's not a big deal. For him, the juice is worth the squeeze, right? For a bikini girl who barely makes the ha- barely has enough muscle, barely has enough glute fullness, Not really worth it. Now, if a bikini girl is super jacked and she has a ton of muscle, maybe too much muscle, and she's having a problem nailing her conditioning, maybe in that scenario it might be a decent idea. But I would say a vast majority of bikini girls, especially bikini these days with how muscular they are, shouldn't be doing that because they're going to sacrifice some fullness for it for a little bit of conditioning. You're going to sacrifice mm-hmm. a lot of fullness for a little bit of conditioning. Right. And even then, sometimes it goes backwards. Sometimes you look softer.
0: Yeah, because you don't got the pop. You got so, no pop. You know, you need the pop. You, you no don't want to lose the pop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what he just said. Yes. So. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to move on to the next one. And this is like, I'm just going to combine these two since they kind of both relate to each other. So let's talk a little bit about fasted cardio. It, apparently, it burns so much more fat to do it fasted than if you have a meal. And then also the second portion to that is also the the idea that cardio itself prevents you from gaining muscle. You can't put on any muscle and do cardio at the same time. What? Yeah. What? So with the fasted cardio, I think it's kind of like maybe one of the half-truths, right? Like there could be an argument for it, but under certain scenarios. So the biggest thing I think that would, I guess, help with that is you're basically, when you're not eating before cardio, you're just pushing back your food window, which maybe by the end of the day it makes less calories overall in that daily 24-hour period. You know what I mean? So you're basically just pushing it back uh, rather than just eating beforehand. But I I will say I don't do fasted cardio. I mean, only on like... very rare occasions when I wake up and I'm not hungry and I'm just like, mm, I could just do cardio. Then, yeah, I don't think you need to purposely eat before cardio, but then again, if you're hungry, just eat. And <laughs> It's just you're pushing back the food window, kind of like making it more of, um. but you could also do that just with regular fasting too. Yeah. Pushing back the food window.
1: And actually you nailed on a topic that's separate of this topic, but it's a, a smart one that you did. You just, uh, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but um, that's the same with any diet. Yeah. Know? any diet the only difference is how many net calories you're you're doing so if you do like a fasted diet like you said where you're fasting for 12 hours well you're just making it easier to stick to your diet during the 12 hours that you are eating you'll generally eat less food so you restrict calories because you're restricting it from half the day so it becomes easier for some people to do it that way Mm -hmm. um it's the same thing with like a low carb diet no you're just actually just eliminating carbs and netting less total calories so you're getting in it finding a way to restrict calories through a different means. So, so all the diets pretty much have the same net outcome, Yeah, restriction calories, right? So, but anyway, with your um, fasted cardio one, so as of yet, there has been nothing to prove that fasted cardio works better. Uh, now, I will say this is a different scenario for... For like the extreme bodybuilders, but not it would pretty much never fall into the bikini category Mm -hmm. And the reason is is that like extreme bodybuilders and extreme things that were the like, This is here's the here's the big like one of the big issues that like people don't talk about is that when extreme bodybuilders are Doing things that are that bikini girls aren't doing and I'm talking like performance enhancers and stuff There are gonna be things that will change in that scenario, right? when these bodybuilders are doing certain things so, yeah, bodybuilder doing three hours of cardio a day and then doing it fasted. He might have a benefit to it because he's running so many different things that is going to help him keep the muscle and also help him burn more fat that it might make sense for him to go in this extreme calorie diet. It may it make sense for him to, to go fasted because he can take things to free up fat to use it during energy during workouts. But bikini girls aren't doing going that route. Like they're not, that's just not a bikini thing. You know, we're talking extreme superhuman people doing it. And then all of a sudden, what happens is these bodybuilders become coaches and then they say, oh, do it this way. And then, but it doesn't make, it's not the same thing because you're essentially talking about a superhuman versus a regular human in bikini. And so those things, they don't, they don't, so you have to understand where does it come from first? You got to ask the why, right? This is Socrates, ask why. So that's so that's that's where the first part comes. So is there a benefit with, with those guys doing it? If they're doing that that chemistry side of it, yes. Is there a benefit with the average person doing it? then the answer to that would be there is nothing proven at this point that it would be of benefit to do it that way. Fasted cardio has been studied, and there's been multiple studies on it, and there's been shown to little to no benefit, but potential of little, yes, mm-hmm. but little to no benefit. So the, the, here's the problem that you run into is that you have to ask yourself two questions. You can't just ask, do you burn more fat during cardio in the same scenario, doing it fasted, right? You have to also ask yourself, how much is performance decreased with it, with being fasted and therefore how much net calories do I burn from fat more in both scenarios of working harder with calories or working less hard without calories, which one at the end has net more calories burned from fat, right? So it's a, it's a very multi-layered question Be, and I don't know if you'll ever come to a full conclusion on it because when we look at how many calories you burn from fat, like actually, your highest percentage of calories burned from fat is actually during sleep. So when you're when you're moving at your all your your absolute slowest, you burn the highest amount of calories from fat. So anytime you start increasing your workload, you're burning less calories from fat because your body can't use fat as rapidly, right? So that's where the argument comes in of like hit versus steady state cardio and which one burns more fat. Well, technically anytime you move slower, you're gonna burn more fat. So steady state would be the scenario for that in terms of percentage of calories, but which one burns more calories versus work effort versus now how much fat to use. It's a whole thing. It's not just like so simple as black. It's not so black and white. So, um, that's, that's a hard one to fully figure out. But here's the thing. What I will say is we're doing the reason that people do fasted cardio. This is the logic behind it. Okay. You're depleted down in the morning. All of your glycogen stores are, are, are empty. And so when you do fasted cardio, your body has to use fat because there's no other available energy. So it has to use whatever's left, right? Well, here's the problem with that. You're not depleted down. Your glycogen stores aren't empty. In order for you to empty all your glycogen stores, we're talking a very long time of dieting, more so than one night. Believe me, if you are as inefficient as basically what, because what they're saying is basically you have zero energy available that's stored by morning time in 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 your muscle, All you have is fat by the time you wake up. Can you imagine humans being that inefficient (laughs) and surviving this long? It's it's no way. That's This just doesn't work that way. So you yes, you're fasted in terms of your food that you ate, but you're not fasted in terms of the glycogen and glucose that's available in your body by the time you wake up. You still are using that energy. Like you're still going through it. Now, maybe later on in prep, you're more depleted at certain points than others, and you're kind of technically more... In that scenario more fasted than you would be in other scenarios if we're talking about actual storage of glycogen not just food consumption but it's 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 not as simple as like oh i just didn't eat since eight o'clock and now it's eight o'clock again and now i'm just burning pure fat like (laughs) i wish that was the case right you you're you're designed to live you know and survive with periods of not eating you know that's we're still that we're still that thing and so Uh, We have to look at, you know, evolution. And I was going to the evolution side of things, too, is, you know, 100 years ago, food wasn't as available as it is now. If you lived in the mountains, you know, 100 years ago, you might go a few days without eating food. You know, you might have to chase a I don't know. What do you chase back then? A cheetah for food? (laughs) What do you you have a a lion? A lion for food? I don't know. No, the mountain lion, the mountain lion. you can do it, Arthur do it, don't you judge me. <laughs> guess a, I've
0: eaten guess where a, you're located a at a
1: Bel Elk, right? I've eaten okay. I've eaten lion, I've eaten lion mountain lion, I've eaten mountain lion. Uh, I didn't like it. So <laughs> so it is a thing. Um, but you might have to chase one for four or five days, right before you can actually get it. So we're you imagine if we needed a, a food every single day from the beginning of time till now, considering weather scenarios and rain scenarios and and just uh, food scenarios. Of us just not having anything besides our fat to work off of, we wouldn't be here. Like so, just understand that we're not evolved to the conveniences of today as of yet. Hopefully, we never will be. They do think we're doing that. You know that? Isn't that funny? uh, They're thinking that we're getting we're getting softer with less muscle because of like yeah, just of natural evolution of conveniences. Yeah, because
0: now you can mate with somebody that doesn't necessarily need to prove themselves to. Fetch food in the wild isn't that so? it's like yeah you're soft whatever you'll do you <laughs> know right. yeah whereas like the you would typically meet with like the best of the best the survivors and now it's just like well their their instagram photos is cute
1: so whatever you know, <laughs> this will do what's funny is there's this guy who studies he studies chimps and uh-huh. um i mean when i'm doing like what i'm working out all i listen to is he's like these like off topic things where there's this guy who studies chimps and he studies like the hierarchy of chimps, right? And like how, um, and he really, he's like the closest thing to us. And he studied, he studied that exact thing, like in two parts, which was um, how, how women typically like a bad boy, right? But that's still like, it's still in our like genetic code where the girls want the like biggest, toughest bad boy guy, in, like their younger years before they like learn a little bit, right? Because Earlier in life, they had to find that guy because that was the guy that would lead the pack. That was the guy that would have the most food. He would be mm-hmm. the one hunting. He would lead everyone. And then what, he would get what he needed. And then he would give the rest to whoever the people were. Like that mm-hmm. followed him, right? So it was like the way of finding your, your like for, for survival, right? You always wanted the biggest, baddest guy. It was a funny. But so they started studying chimps and then had, chimps had the same type of thing, a hierarchy through dominance. And um, the, the dominant chimp would only lead the pack for very short periods of time, but he would always lead the pack. So the dominant chimp would lead these packs for very short periods of time, but then he would come to a very brutal ending of his reign. What would happen is a new chimp would fight him for power, right? Or uh, like a younger chimp would fight him for power and then just completely, you know, he'd die through force. And sometimes it would be two on one because they didn't like this chimp. But then once in a while, what would happen with these chimps is like a weaker chimp that was nicer and kinder and more uh, friendly and like a better just overall leader, would lead the chimps through, um, would, would lead the chimps through just like kindness and, 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 and just like, you know, strength, but not power. Right. And he would lead for a very long period of time and no one would ever try to dethrone him. And the chimps that were stronger than him would actually protect him, even though keeping him the leader, which went against everything that everyone thought about chimps. Right. So, and they would lead basically for the eternity of their life before that was passed down and they would never come to that brutal ending. Right. Isn't that kind of crazy? That is crazy. I don't know what we got in that topic, but isn't that yeah. kind of interesting? It's an interesting it topic. Um, yeah, I yeah, I like that stuff. It's uh, I I study that stuff, it's fun anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, here? it's, it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Exactly. <laughs> Ashley, it's 5050. It's Ashley's well, podcast. So I, I she approve. never shuts me up. Though. I approve
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um. The other part of that question would be cardio prevents you from gaining muscle. They think, oh, can't do cardio. I don't want to ruin my gains. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't want a gain to be lost.
1: That is a that is a <laughs> tough one to go into because there's – It's like a
0: half-truth.
1: Yeah, of. there is a point where you will cross. It's difficult. That's a difficult one. There is a which,
0: point – Which, by the way, kind of also touches base with our previous thing that, like, you know how we went into – you're gonna have to cut, uh, and you're you're gonna probably lose maybe a little bit of muscle because you have to qu- cut faster than what you would have if you would have kept your off season more in check. Kind of goes into it a little bit. They kind of overlap there a little bit, you know, because cardio is part of losing the weight.
1: That's pretty good,
0: you know. So that's
1: a callback, you and know,
0: because I always say too is like I don't like to do cardio sometimes because. I for me, sometimes I put all my energy into cardio and then maybe the weights suffer a little bit because I'm like, wow, I just you, killed my cardio.
1: But yeah, go ahead, Adam. That was, go good. That was a good. That was a good callback. In comedy, they would call that callback. a that callback. That's good. Okay. Yeah, good memory. Okay. Good, good stuff. <laughs> so um, yeah, with, so there is a point, right? And the thing is you have to look at, and it's not necessarily um, like just muscle wasting that occurs, right? It's not just muscle wasting. It's actually performance-based, probably more than anything. I, I don't want to go on a limb and say for sure, because I don't know a study that would reference that, but it's more performance-based. So you're going to, and this is something you guys need to understand, you're going to look however you train, okay? So just anytime you're doing something, think, do I want to look like this training does for me, okay? So if you're like, I wanna, I'm want i a bikini competitor, but I want to lift like a powerlifter. Okay, cool, but you're going to look more like a powerlifter the more you do that, Okay. There's no way around that. However you want to look, you need to train. So the more you start doing marathon-type cardio, the more you're going to look like a marathon runner, okay? So you, there's a certain point where there's a, you know, a give and take where it's like, okay, no, I won't look like that because I'm not doing that. But understand, it's not because you're losing muscle on purpose or anything like that. It's because it's performance-based. Your body's going to respond how you train it. So if all of a sudden you start training for long-distance, endurance-based sports, what how does that best how is that best performed well it's best performed with more red muscle fiber that can take in oxygen for long periods of time and not be i guess i shouldn't say more about muscle fiber but for taking in long periods of uh, oxygen for and performing for long endurance periods of time right so now what happens well you have the white muscle fiber too which is big and strong and explosive which weighs you down during running and, and is very very bad at consuming oxygen look at someone who is in the NFL, like a lineman on the NFL, in the NFL, uh, when they explode off the line, I mean, they're just, you know, they can move a car. These guys are so powerful, right? Just explode off and like move a car a few inches. But they can only do that for like, a, a few seconds and then they're gassed, you know, the next set, they're like, the next, the next down, they're like, right. There's like, they're just super heavy. But if you look at marathon runner and you put them in that same position, they wouldn't be able to stop the guy from getting the quarterback because they're not, they're not designed that way, but they could do it all day. <laughs> they could, they could do it all day long. Right. So red muscle fiber, long periods of time, good at consuming oxygen. But because it's performance-based, you can't have a lot of it because you need it it weighs you down. And if you weigh a lot and you have a lot of muscle fiber unnecessarily that needs oxygen, well, then it's going to hinder your performance. And remember, when you do very, very long-distance stuff, you're training for performance. So there will be a give-and-take on that. Now, at what point does that reach, that give-and-take? I don't know for certain. I imagine it's different per person. I imagine if someone was primarily white muscle fiber-based, their starting point for running into that window of training for endurance would be sooner than someone who was more red muscle fiber based. Right. So, um, I don't know how to, to answer that specifically. I will say that I try to never, ever have a client do more than an hour of cardio generally less 80% more of them, 80% or more of them are doing less than 45 minutes for a show. And just for that reasoning, and I want to give them as much time available in their day without crushing them and, 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 and that too. So, um, there's my take on that. There's and that's I would say pretty I would say ninety percent science based on that too. Wow. There's some there's some room for interpretation and in, and in, in on that. So
0: so there you go. But don't don't you dare use that as an excuse because you don't want to do cardio. Sorry, coach, I don't want to ruin my gains. That's I'm gonna use. You that gave as me my... two cardio sessions this week, Adam. I can't because I don't want to lose any of my gains.
1: Every morning I wake up myself. <laughs> I said, No, Adam, you don't want to do cardio because you want to be more white muscle fiber. <laughs> And I have to fight it, and I have to fight this reason to not do cardio every day. It's like, darn it, and I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it today, too. I just didn't want to train that damn red muscle fighter.
0: There you
1: go. Stop with the excuses. (laughs) I never make an excuse on that. I just stick <laughs> to it. I stick to it. Dedication. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> so do we have any questions from our lovely viewers right now?
1: Let's see. Just that
0: i check in to be sure. Let's
1: see how many of them are here asking questions, and how many of them are lovely, too? I'm going to say 90%.
0: Some of them are just weird people online <laughs> nice boobs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Re- referring to you. I was going to say course. thank you. You know, I've been working yes, out. I appreciate clearly. it. Clearly. Yes. That's that you told you said that your best muscle group it right? is it is yeah, yeah it's the go. easiest
1: one for me there
0: you
1: go all right but the arms are like noodles I'm built like Spongebob Squarepants oh I know unfortunately I don't see noodles I like Spongebob though he's, he's cool. great he's a fun guy yeah. all right let's see here no you know what the questions really haven't came in I've been weak on the oh on my the, goodness you guys good need viewers, to step too. up your game Usually you're getting like four or five hundred like viewers per like little podcast thing we do here on Instagram. I guess Total. they're
0: just really shy.
1: Really shy. There was one earlier on and I just. I wish we could there.
0: like pin them so we could come back yeah. to them later because it's like if you don't see them right away and then if we're in the middle of talking, you can't.
1: Yeah. There's one here that says um, she heard one the other day. It said only fats and protein for breakfast carbs just around training and I. I don't think that that's a really like a bodybuilder myth per se, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea to be honest. I mean, it just depends on the person. So you have to understand carbohydrates are not essential. So you have you have fats that are essential. You have amino acids that are essential, essential proteins, essential fats, right? Things like that. But there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. Um, you don't, and that means you don't need carbohydrates, your body can make carbohydrates. So if it, you know, there's, there's no need to consume them. Now, is it not optimal to have carbohydrates? It's not optimal to not have carbohydrates. That's an easy energy source. So I would say if I can give someone carbohydrates, then I definitely will, but I have to hit the essentials first. I have to hit the essential amount of protein uh, for building muscle. I have to overshoot protein a little bit just to make sure I can keep muscle during a hard prep and, and harder calories during the ends of prep. I have to make sure that there's enough fats for the hormones. So I have to, you know, and make sure they're staying healthy in their hair and all that too. So we have to hit these like minimum targets. Now, the minimum targets aren't that high for fats or not that high for um, even proteins. But those are going to take priority for sure. So if at the end of a diet and I have, let's say, a 100-pound bikini competitor, which there are out there. There's some that are like 4'11", 4'10". Like, you know, when you when you hear these people, they're like, oh, I had 1,200-calorie diet. It was miserable. Well, were you 5'10", 140 pounds on stage, or do you have 1,200 calories in your Four foot 11, uh, 95 pounds on stage. 1,200 calories isn't that low for someone who's 95 pounds. You know, it's pretty decent amount of calories. Right, you know? I think
0: that what well, the, the, the food pyramid era screwed everyone up because they think 2,000 is like the base on a 2,000 calorie diet kind of yeah. thing. Like maybe if you're a dude that's
1: no. Yeah, I think those are based on like <laughs> 100. And, it was like 150 pound dude. Is yeah, how it was. yeah it's so. not
0: not not the same when you're a little <laughs> bikini girl, you know.
1: So yeah, I mean, you don't really need carbohydrates, and because you don't need carbohydrates, putting them around areas where you're going to use energy the most isn't a bad idea. I do that sometimes too. Um, if someone likes carbohydrates more than fats, and they feel more—I mean, I, I highly doubt anyone would feel more satiated with carbohydrates than than fats. Though usually you feel a lot more full with fats than you do with carbohydrates. Um, I'll, you know, I'll exchange them. If someone says, I'd rather have oatmeal than um, in the morning than some fats. I'll be like, all right, we'll do oatmeal. Then it's fine. Um, Now I will say, if you're looking at macronutrients in terms of storing fat, fat is the easiest thing to store as fat. So the very, very high percentage of fat can be stored as fat. So out of 100 calories from fat, it's, it's either 96 or 98 calories out of 100 can be stored as fat like in terms of the conversion process to actual stored fat. Now, when you look at like proteins and you look at carbohydrates, you're in the 70 calories per 100 in the 70s range. Like I think it's like 72 and 78 or something like that. Now, that's obviously going to be a big difference between people and that's like the estimated margins that I'm remembering off the top of my head too. But out of all the macronutrients, protein is the hardest to convert and store as fat. Carbs are the second hardest and fats are the easiest. So if, um, if I were cutting something, I would pretty much cut fats uh if someone was in like a caloric surplus or close to it or just had a you know a, they're just stored body fat a little easier so there's a lot of ways to create a diet in the end how we talked about earlier like caloric restriction is really that's going to going to be the difference um but doing carbs around the diet especially when you haven't had any carbs at all it's not actually a bad thing i don't think but i don't think it's a it's definitely not a need you don't it's like if, if he's saying you need to do it this way that's definitely false but it's not necessarily a bad way to lay out a diet for sure mm-hmm. heck yeah so What's
0: up? anyway
1: we got another one uh yeah, this, is, this one says thank God carbs aren't essential. I do my best on low carb under thirty to fifty yeah you know some people are like you know some people just like it that way too I've had some some people and I always find that athletes kind of you kind of know like just you naturally eat the way your body performs best I think when i when I used to work for twenty four hour fitness like a long time ago, there used to be this like test that you would give your clients it was like a hundred question test and it was like these weird questions and it said um like an example would be like steak for breakfast sounds good to me or like sounds terrible to me right something like that and then they would answer these questions and it would kind of tell you oh this person eats more protein like they like more protein than this right
0: yeah even in like yeah i i agree
1: it's yeah so you so you know you can kind of you finally i think you kind of naturally find your way you kind of find your sport too i've found too you don't really find, like, a guy like me would never do long-distance running. Like, I would never, I'd be like, oh, that sounds, terrible. I wouldn't even think about it, right? Right. But I think there's guys out there who like long-distance running, and they're like, oh, that sounds kind of, that sounds great. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll try that. I think you just kind of, like built certain ways, and you're like, you just, you know, same yeah. thing with food. Totes. Um, okay, so here's one. It says, uh, so if you don't need a large bulk and you need to gain muscle for bikini, do you just do a small surplus? Uh, The answer to that, pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. I guess we can go over another myth as we are maybe our last one. It kind of brought up another mm-hmm. question, right? So, can you gain muscle in a caloric deficit? Uh, yes, you can. You can absolutely gain muscle in a caloric deficit. Um, so there's some theories, and there's going to be people that'll argue this on uh, argue this, and it's called um, nutrient partitioning. Um, it gets into some. You're getting into some really deep uh, nutrition talk here, but basically if you the the question is how it works like internally is can you ingest calories in a deficit and still use those calories to build muscle and then your body have a net negative calorie balance and still lose fat right and that sounds from everything we've learned and everything we've been taught over the years that would sound no you would you would say no to that you can't and it's a simple blanket statement. You can't build muscle in a deficit. You need to be in a surplus to gain. That's always been the thing. Uh, personal training schools, like nutrition schools, all that would always say you need to be in a surplus to gain. Well, here's the problem: is that again, we're not these, we're not these like creatures that have been designed based on how we're eating now with the convenience of food. So a lot of times we had to perform in cer- scenarios where we didn't have food available. You know, you had to still work. Like for example, like if you looked at like you know, Greece and and stuff like that, like back in the days, and they had a whole bunch of slaves in in, in Greece and all these, like, um, Egypt and whatnot. Well, those people still had to do a lot of work, but they weren't eating that much food, right? So how do they build muscle all that during that time? You have to look at those scenarios, because that that actually happened. So what happens is um, if you imply a demand on a muscle requiring it to be performed better than next time, and you're not eating enough food, well, yes, you can actually lose fat still from the energy need of the day and still use the calories that you're eating to be stored as new synthesized skeletal muscle to help you perform better. So the question really becomes, can you create the demand for that in the gym while in a deficit? Can you work out hard enough to create that demand while being in a caloric deficit? And that's a whole nother question, right? Do you have what it takes to do that? So um, I've seen it. All, I mean I've seen it many many times I mean you could look at Ashley as an example of that she's built a good amount of muscle while in a caloric deficit look at her glutes 4 years ago look at her glutes now she's been pretty much in a deficit like or running at maintenance at highest at maintenance and this is the first like real off season we've had which is like 6 weeks <laughs> in in uh, let's do the I mean let's be realistic in 108 weeks we've had 6 weeks of of gaining maybe you know maybe an off week here or there for vacation but that's and even then she's pretty clean So, you know, she's put on a significant amount more muscle and that's just an argument right there. That's going to debunk whoever's saying you can't do that. So no, you don't need to be in a surplus. Um, I think that, I think that you gaining muscle when we're talking about the net, the net muscle gain from show to show, I think that the best scenario is a very slight surplus to a, to somewhere between maintenance to a very slight surplus and working hard because you're not going to gain that much muscle period especially if you're like a bikini competitor and you're a natural girl, you're going to probably put on one pound of muscle every 45, 50 days. So that's like the true net of that. And that's, that's a pretty good year if you did that. Cause that means you put on like seven pounds in a year. If you did that and you still stayed lean the whole time, that sounds a lot better to me than putting on 20 pounds of fluff netting, you know, five pounds at the end of the year. I don't know. To me, it just sounds like a better scenario. So um, there you go. I guess that was a, I think I, I don't know if I, sometimes I go, those ones are so technical. It's like, you almost like need to write down like what phase that you're in when you're talking about it. But um, hopefully that makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, I guess with that. Is that it, Ashley? Yeah, we're we're definitely only halfway
0: through the list. I think we should do a part two. We to do you think? part two. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, we're fun. halfway. To, we're halfway. These
1: through. ones I talk a lot though, so cool. I don't want to just keep you here. I feel bad sometimes. No. Oh, I talk so much. Keep yeah. you
0: here, like
1: oh, <laughs> you're like asking uh, a question yeah, that I, <laughs> I over-talk on these ones. No, no, we need more. It's bac- okay. Okay. All right. You know, we need I, more Ashley. No.
0: Hey. I know my place in life. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like there's been a few podcasts where I talked more. More than, bikini, you know? yeah, yeah. More bikini base. We'll go. Yeah. The, we'll do a follow.
1: We'll do it one more like you this, know? and then we'll do one that's like no, more bikini, less science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching. Actually, since we're gonna do another one, keep those questions oh, coming yeah. in. Maybe um, you can text me those questions.
0: Put it underneath the video. That okay. We're here too, or
1: you can DM them to me or to Ashley, and we will screenshot them and maybe.
0: Text you wear.
1: Uh what is that number? Three oh three I should know. That. I've had it for but Like doesn't, like two doesn't
0: everyone have Adam's phone number?
1: Oh <laughs> my god. 303- three oh three five well, three six Oh five three six three seven let's six just six? put it in the <laughs> description.
0: <laughs> we will put it in the description. There it's like go. a
1: text it's like a text line. I got yeah, it. I'll put yeah. it in there. So
0: it's it's um yeah. Pretty bad. It's I can't real, remember these
1: numbers. Yeah. It's my, number, my real so. number. It's a, but I, it is really me when I get back to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I really do get back to, to almost all those unless they're like, like people give me their whole, their whole diet in like weeks. I'm in week four. Is this pretty calorie? That's my workout. I'm like, uh, not your trainer. Yeah. 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 We <laughs> not, don't want to be stepping on <laughs> toes basic here. Basic question. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you.